What's up? This is Jonathan Smith, your host here at Shooting the Schmitz. Thank you so much for checking out the pod. It's Thursday. You already know what we're talking about. We're covering all the football coming up this weekend, NFL and college. I can't wait to get into it. Here we go. good college football games than what I originally realized coming up this weekend. Coming up on Saturday, I'm going to give you my picks, obviously, for the biggest college football games of the weekend. I went 1-2 and two last week. Not great. 4-6 and six now. But look, we're only two games below 500 on the season. There is plenty of time to salvage the record, to salvage the slow starts, and end up doing pretty well this season. So let's get to the picks. I'm going to do the Red River rivalry last, because let's be honest, that is the biggest game of the weekend. I don't know where game day or Fox's uh, game day sets are going to be at, but I'm assuming the Texas State Fair will be the site for at least one of them, if not both of them. So, as the season continues on, LSU and Missouri, number 21 against number 23, the more that I watch these two teams, the more similar... They feel they feel like the exact same team. LSU favored by five and a half in this one. Over under set at sixty four and a half. These defenses not great. Both teams have experienced quarterbacks, and each offense has one elite receiver. As I said, they feel very similar. The difference you would say is that LSU has more talent, just top to bottom of the roster, but they're built in a very similar way. So I would say that the overall talent, when you look at the stars and the guys who are going to get drafted and things like that, it favors LSU. I also think that Brian Kelly is a better coach than Eli Drinkwitz. Okay, But despite all of that, I'm going to take Missouri to cover. Because ultimately, I think when you bet the spread, when you look really at any football game, when you pick really in any sport, you have to know, what does this team do well? What does this team not do well? What is the matchup? And let's be honest, at this point in the season, I think it's pretty clear, LSU secondary couldn't defend a Pop Warner team's passing attack. It's awful. And we know Missouri's going to get out here and they're going to sling the football all over the field. I think LSU finds themselves in another shootout where whoever has the ball last wins the football game. Right? That's what happened against Arkansas. That's what happened against Ole Miss. Right? Like That's exactly what happened. And where is it going to happen here again? I think LSU wins this one, though. But Missouri covers. I also think this game hits the over. This is another game where the over is... I think the over-under is simply just way too low. Set at 64.5. Whatever. LSU wins this game 41-38. Moving on to the next game. Staying in the SEC. Alabama taking on Texas A&M. Alabama favored by 1.5. The over-under set at 46.5. Let's just be really honest about this game. In the history of this matchup. We've seen worse Texas A&M teams beat better Alabama teams at Kyle Field in the past. Okay, Jalen Milrow, starting quarterback for the Alabama Crimson Tide. He's looked better in these last two games, but a large part of that is how those last two games have unfolded. Alabama didn't get down. like They weren't down by two possessions or two touchdowns at all during that game, and that is a major concern For the Crimson Tide, if they go down by two possessions and all of a sudden they have to start throwing the football 
Like, they're going to be in trouble, okay? Like, let's go back against Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Alabama never trailed by more than one possession, okay? So that allowed Alabama to lean on the run game. And look, Milrow, he's looked fine in games where the run game has worked. Against Texas, they didn't get to run the football a ton because they were trailing the entire way. And because of that, he had to take more shots downfield. They had to put the ball in his hands more. He threw two picks, probably could have thrown a few more than just two interceptions. And that's why they lost that game against Texas. So I think that the key for Texas A&M to win this football game, they've got to get off to a good start. They have to put some pressure on this Alabama offensive. Like, hey, we're here today. We're putting up points. If you want to beat us, you got to score with us. So this Texas A&M offense has to consistently put up points. If this is a game where Alabama's defense keeps A&M in check, then Alabama should win and cover. Okay, I don't think that Max Johnson, starting quarterback for the Texas A&M Aggies, I don't think he's talented enough at quarterback to really challenge this Alabama defense. I don't think this is you know an A&M offense that can score 35 points, which is what you're going to have to do to beat Alabama this year. I think Alabama wins a low-scoring defensive battle, 21-17. Okay, that keeps the game under 46.5 and allows Alabama to cover that 1.5-point spread. Moving on to the Pac-12 and then we're going to come back to the SEC after that. Washington State taking on UCLA. It's not very often that the 13th ranked team in the country is the underdog against an unranked opponent, and that's what we have here. 13th ranked Washington State going on the road to take on UCLA, who are 3.5-point favorites. The over-under in this game set at 59.5 should be a high-scoring affair. What I can't believe is that with as much love as people are throwing at the Pac-12, oh, the Pac-12's so great. Oh, the Pac-12's the best conference in the country. It is. Oh, the Pac-12, they got a lot of good teams this year. Oh, Colorado. Oh, USC. Oh, Oregon. Oh, Washington. Oh, Oregon State. On and on and on. No one is talking about Washington State, especially. And no one's really talking about UCLA. Oregon State gets more attention than both of these two teams this year. And Washington State beat them two years ago. I know, because I took Oregon State in that bet, and I was wrong. Now look, I'm taking Washington State to win this football game, because I think they're good, and I also think that they're very disrespected. The fact that they're three-and-a-half-point dogs I think is utterly ridiculous. They have the more experienced quarterback, and they kind of feel like TCU last year. right? Older, more experienced quarterback. He's been around the block. He knows what's going on. You know, a few really good players here and there kind of sprinkled in throughout the roster and just a lot of experience and a lot of guys who've played in a lot of football in a lot of college football games over the past few years. Meanwhile, UCLA, probably a little bit more talented, especially at the quarterback spot, but Dante Moore, young, inexperienced freshman, didn't play very well last week against Utah, went 15 for 35, put the ball in harm's way, threw a pick six. I like Washington State to win a close game here, 31-27, just barely missing the mark of 59.5 points, so I would take the under. Once again, Washington State wins this game outright, definitely covers the 3.5-point spread favoring UCLA, and this game stays under the 59.5-point mark. Going back to the SEC, Kentucky taking on Georgia. Georgia favored by 14.5, over-under set at 47.5. Now, look, I'm not going to waste your time here. Okay, I, I get on Twitter, and I see like these SEC people talking about how Kentucky's going to hang with Georgia, and you know Kentucky's you know a good football team, which they are. They're 5-0, and 
you know, Kentucky's more talented they had than they have been in years past, and all that kind of stuff. But look, the undefeated season for Kentucky ends here. It ends on Saturday. Okay, Georgia should and will win this football game. But I'll be honest, I don't think that they cover. Okay, Georgia's come out flat in really their last three games. Okay, especially against Auburn and South Carolina. Both teams hung around Georgia the entire game. And neither one of those teams, Auburn or South Carolina, is as good as Kentucky. Okay, Georgia knows that Kentucky is better, though. But here's the truth with Georgia, and I think we've seen it dating back to last year as well. Georgia plays to the level of their competition. In order for Kentucky to pull off this upset, they're going to have to figure out a way to stop Brock Bowers, which I don't think that they're going to be able to do. They're going to have to throw the ball well, and this is a team that wants to run the football. And look, sure, Kentucky's better this year than they were in years past. Their front seven does not match up with Georgia's. Okay, no way. I think Georgia wins this game 27-21, but Kentucky covers, obviously, that covers the 14.5-point spread, and this game does hit the over on the 47.5 points. Two games left here. Notre Dame taking on Louisville. Or Louisville, excuse me. Ever since I moved to Indy, they they, they love to correct me on that. Notre Dame favored by 6.5 over the Cardinals. Over-under for this game set at 54.5. Louisville also undefeated. They have an opportunity to place themselves in the conversation as one of the best teams in the ACC. Okay, As each week passes by, Florida State's win over LSU looks worse and worse as LSU continues to underwhelm people. Clemson has two losses. Duke lost to Notre Dame, and even worse, Riley Leonard is out multiple weeks with an ankle injury. This is Louisville's first big game of the year. They're 5-0. and Their toughest opponent so far has probably been North Carolina State. Maybe Georgia Tech. Either way, they haven't exactly played a tough schedule. Meanwhile, Notre Dame has played back-to-back tough opponents in emotional games. They obviously lose to Ohio State on the final play, and they beat Duke on a game-winning touchdown in the final minute. This week should be much easier for the Fighting Irish. I'm taking them to cover that 6.5 simply because I haven't seen Louisville do it. I haven't seen them really impress me. Even the games that they've won, like they only beat Georgia Tech by four. They rolled over Boston College, but outside of that, they haven't really just dominated anybody from start to finish. I think Notre Dame rolls here. They win 31-17, covering that six and a half point spread pretty easily, but the game stays under the 54 and a half total points. The Red River rivalry, the game of the week. Okay, for the first time in what feels like a very long time, this game has some meaning to it. Okay, Texas has obviously stolen headlines this year with their win over Alabama. Meanwhile, Oklahoma continues to destroy everybody in their path, and I believe that whoever wins this game is going to win the Big 12. Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma quarterback, he's had a really good year. Quinn Ewers, everybody knows him. He's been great for Texas. This is really the first real test for Oklahoma, though. Okay, their toughest game up to this point has been Cincinnati. They've beaten everybody else badly enough, though, that it's clear that they're a good team. Like their closest game was that Cincinnati game. They won 20 to 6, beat them by two touchdowns. This is going to be a one score game. I'm telling you that right now. Rivalries are almost always intense battles until the end, especially the Red River rivalry. I think that's what we're going to get here. Both of these teams are extremely talented. I do think this game is a toss up, so I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover. Texas wins by a touchdown. I'm going to be a little upset, but it's fine. But it's fine. So, 
I'm going to take Oklahoma to cover the six and a half points. I'm going to predict them to win as well because, as I said, I do think this is a toss-up. I think Oklahoma is much better this year than they were last year. I also think that this game hits the over on the 60.5 total point mark as Oklahoma wins 34-31. to Cannot wait for college football this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. Multiple ga- multiple good games in each time slot as well, which is so nice. You know, it's a little sprinkled in there throughout the day. I also don't have to flip back and forth between multiple games, which is which is pretty nice. So, once again, we're 4-6 and six on the season. We're bouncing back, though. We're going to be hopefully 500 after Saturday, maybe even over 500 after Saturday. We'll see how it goes. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to break down all the NFL games coming up on Sunday and Thursday, to, Thursday night, tonight, and, of course, the Monday night games as well. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back with more Shooting the Schmidt, the NFL. Can't wait to get into it, okay? This is the best I have felt about my picks all season. Okay, the NFL is incredibly hard to bet because every game is close late. There's a lot of backdoor covers and things like that. This week, though, the five games that I wanted to bet jumped off the screen, okay? And I feel so good about my picks. Okay, I went three and two last week. Could have been four and one, but Patrick Mahomes decided to slide down inside the five yard line rather than running it in. But it's fine. It's fine. No big deal. I plan on keeping the good vibes going this week. Let's get to the picks. Commanders versus Bears. The Commanders here favored by five and a half over under set at forty four and a half. This is the Thursday night football game, and usually for Thursday night football, I like taking the underdog. Because short week, teams are usually a little underprepared and games are a little uglier, so it allows the underdog to play up a little bit, right? But this week, there is an extreme coaching mismatch. I trust Ron, Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy and the rest of this commander staff to be more prepared on a short week than I do Matt Eberflus and his staff to be prepared for the Chicago Bears. On top of that... Sam Howell's playing better than Justin Fields this year. Better quarterback, better coaching staff. Yeah, give me the commanders. I don't know how you don't take the commanders here. Okay, Rivera and this commander's defense is going to be ready. They're going to be all over fields. They're going to chase fields all over the place tonight. Okay, the commander's front four is going to live in the backfield. I think they control the game the whole way. Commanders win 27-17. They cover the five and a half points. But the game stays under the 44.5 total point mark. Moving on to the next game, the Giants-Dolphins. Miami favored by 10.5 with the over-under set at 48.5. Now look, I must follow the shooting the Schmidt rule of gambling when it comes to the NFL. When a team, especially a good team, gets embarrassed, you must bet on them the next week. Okay. The Dolphins got embarrassed by the Bills. They probably needed it. They stumbled into Buffalo after drinking the aqua-colored Kool-Aid all week, and they got ran out of the building. I fully expect them to respond in a big way against the very bad New York football Giants team. Okay, They're going to be at home. It's going to be hot. Okay, And i got to be honest, I feel bad for the Giants because they're about to give up a boatload of points to an upset Miami team. Okay, their only hope, the Giants, their only hope to cover this 10.5-point spread 
is for Daniel Jones in this Giants offense to keep Tua Tugavailoa and the track stars of a support group that he has on the sideline. Good luck doing that. Even though this Dolphins defense has been bad, do you really expect Daniel Jones and this offense to keep the Dolphins on the sideline? No way. Doesn't happen. I think the Dolphins cruise to victory here. They win 38-21, covering those 10.5 points and clearing over that 48.5 point, or 48.5 total points spread pretty easily as well. Next game. Now, last week... I did something very that I'm very proud of. Everybody was high on the Browns, and they ended up taking the Browns last week over the Ravens. Your boy didn't do that. Your boy took the Ravens. Your boy had faith in Lamar Jackson and in John Harbaugh and in this defense. Okay, This Baltimore Ravens team, this is one of the best teams in the NFL. I know, I know. They lost to the Colts at home, but it was during a hurricane. Okay, and Justin Tucker uncharacteristically missed a long field goal that would have won the game. Ignore the loss. Throw it out. It was a weird week. Don't worry about it. Meanwhile, the Steelers team, did I read the line? I don't think I did. Baltimore favored here by four points over under set of 38.5. Back to the Steelers. The Steelers, they've looked bad all year. The The first two weeks, they played a couple really tough defenses. It's like, hey... You know, they played the Browns and, you know, all that stuff. They just played really good defenses these first couple weeks. That's why the offense has been bad. But the past couple weeks, they haven't played good defenses, and the offense has still been bad. They scored six points against the Houston Texans. Come on now. And this Ravens defense is really good. Also, this Ravens offense, better than the Texans. The Texans offense that scored 30 on the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Ravens... Roll the Steelers. They win 28-20, covering the four points and hitting the over on the 38.5 point total over-under number. Jeez, that was awkward. Let me try that again. The Ravens roll the Steelers 28-20. They cover the four points, and the combined score hits the over on that 38.5 point mark. Much better. Jets, Broncos, Denver favored by 1.5, over-under set at 43.5. Now, before I give you my pick here, let me just tell you, I am not buying into Zach Wilson's performance on Sunday Night Football. Okay, you had one good game. Congratulations. You got to do it again before I buy in. But I am buying into this Jets defense. And I'm also buying into this Broncos defense being absolutely horrendous. Okay, this Broncos defense is so bad that the Jets are going to just find a way to score points. Also, Brees Hall no longer limited on carries. It's a great thing for the Jets. The Broncos won their first season, won their first game of the season last week, but they had to come back down 21 to beat the Bears. The Broncos' defense made Justin Fields look like a capable NFL quarterback. Like that is hard to do. That is so hard to do. Okay, this Bears offense is worse than the Jets' offense. Okay, the Jets can at least run the football. I think this. Jets defense is going to eat the Broncos alive. The Jets win this game outright 24-20, clearing the total point line set of 43.5. Finally, game number five here. Matchup of the week. 
dare I say, arguably the two best teams in the NFC. I wouldn't say so. I think the Eagles are better than the Cowboys. But it is the Cowboys and the 49ers Sunday night football. The 49ers of San Francisco are favored by 3.5. The over-under set at 45 for this game. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry about that. This is a matchup of two of the best defenses in the NFC. It is also a coaching mismatch. I fully expect the 49ers to cover this 3.5-point spread due to Kyle Shanahan's offensive genius. Or, or maybe I expect them to cover the spread due to Mike McCarthy's lack of offensive genius. Okay, The Cowboys have scored a touchdown on 30% of the drives that they've gotten in, into the red zone. That is the third lowest mark in the NFL. And that's against four teams that have a combined record of 4-12. and 12. Okay, please tell me, how are they going to score in the red zone against this 49ers defense that actually has good players on it? I fully expect, fully expect, the Cowboys' red zone woes to continue. And if they continue to have injury issues on their offensive line, then it could be a blowout this week. They need Tyron Smith to come back because if he doesn't, Who's going to block Nick Bosa, the best defensive lineman in the league? Okay, this Cowboys defense is going to make things hard for Brock Purdy, you know, flipping sides of the ball here. But this offense, talking about San Francisco's, not about Purdy. It's not. Kyle Shanahan's offense is designed to make life easy on Brock Purdy. The offense is about Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle and Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk. And guess what? As good as this Dallas Cowboys defense is, they cannot contain all of them. Not going to happen. Okay? I think the 49ers defense keeps this Cowboys offense in check. And the 49ers win this game 27-17. That score just misses the over-under total point mark of 45.5. So take the under there and the 49ers to cover. I'm taking a lot of favorites this week, which isn't normal, uh, but I think I finally kind of got a handle on who's good, who's bad, who's overrated, all those type of things. Telling you right now, going 5-0 and this week. There's no other way this goes. Okay, I'm looking forward to improving on the 6-4 and record I have so far through the season. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to hit some of the other big NFL games this week. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Shooting the Schmidt. And we're back. With more shooting the Schmidt, we're going to hit on some of these other big NFL games this week, and then I'm, I'm going to get out of here. My throat's starting to bother me. Anyway, Jacksonville at Buffalo. Another game in London. Back-to-back London weeks for Jacksonville. And when I saw this game, the Bills were favored by 5.5, and, and I really wanted to take this game. But it's just, it's all these London games, like they can just be really weird In Jacksonville, they've been there all week, so they're kind of used to the time thing. Buffalo isn't. So I I stayed way away from it. Didn't even, didn't really want to touch it. I think it's going to be a good game, though. I think these are two of the better teams in the AFC. Still holding out hope that the Jacksonville Jaguars can, uh, you know, be the number one seed, like I predicted to start the season. They're still five and a half point underdogs, but I wouldn't be surprised if they won that game, just given that those London games, they, they can be pretty weird. Houston and Atlanta. I really wanted to talk about this game. Because Houston, they're underdogs, but I don't know if they should be. I was talking to my buddy, Zach Gray. You can find him on Twitter, at ZG, the T-H-A, the grapevine. 
He does picks and stuff. He's really good at it. Feel free to go check him out. Also a really good buddy of mine. We were just talking. We were like, you know who's really good and no one has mentioned it? The Houston Texans. Okay, when we look at this matchup between Houston and Atlanta, Houston has the better quarterback. I'm totally comfortable saying that C.J. Stroud is already better than Desmond Ritter. Okay, and D'Amico Ryans, he has done a fantastic job with this defense. Will Anderson, you can feel his presence coming off the edge. Really like Houston. They're a really good football team. And, man, Ryans is doing just an awesome job as their new head coach. Every year, there's a team who makes a dramatic leap because of a head coaching change. And, look, staying in the AFC South, it looks like it's either going to be Houston or or Indianapolis. Like, D'Amico Ryans and Shane Steichen, they've been the two best head coaching hires of the offseason. It has been so impressive, right? And speaking of Houston and Indy, we got we to gotta talk about Carolina. You know, the team had the number one overall pick and used it on Bryce Young and through, you know, the first four weeks of the season. It appears that they should not have used it on Bryce Young. They should have used it on Stroud or Richardson. They play Detroit this week. Detroit continues to roll. They've been so good this year. Uh, much better than what I expected. Um, you you got to give Coach Campbell just all the respect in the world. He came in, that opening press conference, still haunts him, right? He comes across as you know, dumb football guy. And that's not what he is. This Detroit team, they are bit they're physical. The offensive line is awesome. Jared Goff is playing really, really well. Um yeah, like this Detroit team, it's been re- they've been really fun to watch and they've been really impressive. Um uh, moving on. New Orleans plays New England. Uh that's my don't watch game of the week. Don't watch that game. It's gonna be awful. You don't you, you don't want to watch that. Uh Philly plays the Rams. The Rams, you know, if you've been if you listen to the podcast, you know I love Sean McVay. I, you know, when he first became a head coach, there was all this hype around him because he was so young, and you know they go to the Super Bowl in year two and they lose, and it's kind of embarrassing for him because they couldn't they couldn't score. And then obviously, you know, he finally breaks through. He wins the Super Bowl two years ago, but like nobody talked about him last year because they were really bad. No one's talking about him this year, even though they won a tough game in Indy last week. They're 500, 2 and 2. Cooper Cup, I believe, comes back this week. Like, that is a tough football team. Like, they're not more talented than Philly. Philly's probably going to win that game, but that game's going to be close because Sean McVay is an awesome head coach and he deserves more respect. Simple as that. Okay, since he plays Arizona, look, since he, if y'all lose this game, which I think is very possible considering how banged up Joe Burrow is, they need to sit Joe Burrow. Okay, because if they start, you know, one in four, they're not coming back from that. They're not. So, Cincy, if you don't win this week, please sit Joe Burrow. The last thing you want to do is hurt him long term. And that is really, I think, the last impactful game that we see, um, that at least that I haven't talked about yet. New York plays Denver also in that 425 slot. Kansas City plays Minnesota. Kansas City should win that game pretty handily. And then, you know, touched on... Kansas City, or excuse me, touched on Dallas and San Fran already. And then, of course, Green Bay plays Las Vegas on Monday Night Football. Do you really care about that? You don't, okay? Like, you'll watch it because it's Monday Night Football and it's the NFL. And I think everyone's excited to see Jordan Love in prime time. I know I am. Okay, I still don't know what to think of him. I want to see a few more games, which at this point, you know, usually we can make our assessments pretty quickly. If you don't know about a guy four games into it, it's usually not a good sign. So, 
we'll see. Excited for Monday Night Football. Um, don't know how much of it I'm really going to be able to watch. So just a heads up for podcast stuff next week. I am going to be out of town going on my honeymoon with my amazing wife. I'm really excited. We're going to a place that's really secluded, so like not going to have much Wi-Fi. There is no TV. So there is not going to be any football-based podcast next week. I don't believe I'm recording some stuff tomorrow that will come out next week, so be on the lookout for it. But it's a lot of NBA preview stuff. Um, just, I'll be honest, I didn't really know what else to really do it on. So putting together a whole bunch of stuff for that. Look forward to it. I think that's going to come out on Wednesday. I think that's the plan right now. Um, so yeah, just know that next week, like, no picks, n- nothing like that. I don't get back until Sunday of next week. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. Thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for sticking with me kind of through the football season. I know I missed some week one stuff because of the wedding, and I know I'm missing more stuff because of the honeymoon. Um, so I just appreciate you guys staying with me and still listening even though I've kind of been in and out throughout the football season. So once again, thank you all for taking the time to listen to the podcast. I hope you enjoy the stuff I've got coming out next week. Excited for the football weekend. It's going to be great. I'll talk to you all in like two weeks, I guess. Yeah, about about two weeks. So have a nice week. I will talk to you all in two weeks. <laughs>